Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program and my guest today is Stan Goodenough and I'm actually looking at him on the screen. Hi Stan and welcome to Chai FM. Stan is in Israel and I would just like to thank Dr. Les Glassman for sending me a tape that um, Stan did last week and introducing Stan and I to each other. Stan is a, a Christian journalist and writer and has lived and worked in Israel for over 35 years. He has served as editor of the International Christian Embassy's Jerusalem's Middle East Intelligence Digest for eight years. And during that time, he also helped launch and co-edit the, wildly, the widely read ICEJ News Service. He is a tour guide and he provides uh, tours throughout Israel to individuals and to groups. And if you want to find out more about Stan, please look him up on Google or Safari and you'll find his everything there. And Stan actually went, got to Israel with a backpack on his back. Hello, Stan. Tell me why you went to Israel. First of all, and actually, no, let's go back to your, you're an ex-South African. Where were you from in South Africa? Thank you, Sue. Um, I lived in every major center in South Africa. I was born in Swaziland, but we literally lived at all of the main cities at one point or other in my childhood and teen years. Um, my parents' lives were uh, came to an end in Fishhook, Cape Town. Uh, but uh, literally we were all over the country. You name, name a town and probably I lived there or very near to it. And and um, you, your parents were their missionaries in South Africa? Um, yes, my father was a doctor on the mission field when I was born. Um, they weren't missionaries full time. That was uh, the earlier part of their married lives. Uh, but later on, my father just served in numerous capacities as a medical officer, um, in, uh, in, in a number of different hospitals. He had his own practice on a number of occasions. Um, <clears throat> many of them practices in places like Tabanshu and Kharfranet and elsewhere, uh, in the, in the township areas where he gave service for many, many years. But my parents are both Christian believers. And, uh, Stan, for you, you, during the apartheid years here, you were also a journalist and got into quite a bit of trouble from, the apartheid government, is that right? Uh, not so much trouble as probably many of our listeners uh, have had experienced, but there was some conflict. I became a reporter because I was raised not to see color, and I recognized apartheid as a very wicked system, very wrong, very immoral. And um, as a consequence, once I began writing news stories, my main focus was on the unraveling of that system in the last few years until it collapsed. And what made you decide to go to Israel? So as I mentioned, my parents were believing Christians. I am as well. Uh, I believe in God, the God of Israel. And I believed when I was still quite young 
that it was God's purpose for my life that I be in Israel. I went as a journalist out of the newspaper environment in South Africa. I went to cover Israel's story and um, moved there in 1991. It became my home. I've lived there. I've lived here because I'm in Jerusalem most of the time since then. And Stan, uh, your love of Israel has probably been given you quite a bit of conflict from time to time, just as your anti-apartheid stance here also gave you trouble. So you're a person who stands up for what you believe is right. And, you know, there's a Jewish proverb that says, not to have felt pain is not to have been human. Hmm. Have you felt the pain? You, I, I read an article of yours that you wrote, I think it was on the 6th of October, which was quite amazing. And, I mean, that was the day before the terror group Hamas uh, did the massacre in Israel. And your, it was Kingdom Wars of Israel today. And the war against the restoration of Israel has many battlefronts, but one commander. Now, that was on the 6th of August. So, no, it wasn't uh, the day before, but that was August in 2023. What is your message now that you would like to put across? Well, I think I have two audiences that I address. I don't really address people who do not have faith because we don't relate and they can't relate to what motivates me. So I speak to Jewish people and I speak to them as someone who got my faith from them. My Bible was written by Jews. All of my heroes are, were Jewish. Uh, that goes all the way through the Tanakh and, of course, as a Christian, all the way into the New Testament. It's all Jewish. It's all about Israel. And in my understanding, the creator of the universe chose to use a nation, specific nation, to reveal himself to the world. So I got everything that I have nearest and dearest to my heart comes from Israel, the Jewish people. And when I speak to Jews, I, I recognize that the history of Christianity towards Jews has been so negative, so no other word for it, so wicked. And how awful that for Christianity, which got its Bible and everything else from the Jewish people, that it became the greatest inflictor of anti-Semitism on the Jews. And so my heart to the Jewish people and my expression to them is, thank you for everything that you've given me, including Jesus, because I believe in him. My message to the Christian world is very much geopolitical slash spiritual. There is a God. He has a people. They are hated. We stand with them. We should, because our God loves Israel. He names himself the God of Israel, after all, not the God of South Africa or America. They are hated. The people of Israel are hated. The nation of Israel is under the gun all the time, right now, terribly, by the world. Mm. And, uh, and we as Christians have an obligation to stand not only with Israel, but I would say between Israel and the Israel-hating world and tell them they don't touch Israel because Israel is the apple of God's eye. Isn't that beautiful? We are going to get back to you shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Stan Goodenough. And you can SMS us on 34519 
or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. Stan is, is in Israel and I'm in the studio and we are talking about Stan's time in Israel, his thoughts about it as a, a Christian, so ex-South African, Israeli citizen. And um, Stan, you met your wife. So, I mean, that was an extra gift that Israel gave you. <laughs> tell me, yeah. tell me how you met her. All right. So, just a, just a quick uh, correction. I'm not an Israeli citizen. Oh. Um, I'm, a, I'm a permanent resident of Israel. Okay. So, my wife, my wife, my wife is Czech. She's uh, from the Czech Republic. Um, she's also a Gentile, like I am, a Christian. And we met in uh, Jerusalem in 1991 got married that same year. We got engaged in front of the, the Kotel, the Western Wall. Of course, she stood on the woman's side. I stood on the men's side, and I quietly asked her to marry me. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Did and she know you were going to? I think she was very suspicious. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then we made our commitment as a couple that if uh, if we were able to live in Israel and stay there and we had a family there, that our lives would be devoted to working alongside and with and for that nation or this nation where I am. We have seven children. Wow. And you got married in Christchurch. Is that in Jerusalem? Yes, inside Jaffa Gate. Oh, okay. And you have seven children. Gosh, what a blessing. Amen. (laughs) Yes, uh, five boys and two girls. And one grandson just came to us recently by God. Oh, wow. That's amazing. As a grandmother, that's an extra blessing. It really is. Tell me, Stan, your children, have they been brought up as Israelis? Or what what would you say that their upbringing has been? Well, they're third, they're third culture kids in, kids in a sense. They've got both Czech and South African citizenship from their parents. Um, initially they were like the rest of us, just living at the, um, at the, as guests, if you like, of Israel. Our three eldest uh, children, uh, two boys and a girl, they did full service in the Israel Defense Forces and they became citizens of the state as a consequence of that. So they are Israeli citizens and the rest of us are um, or as I say, permanent residents. Um, yeah, we raised them to not to think that they were something that they were not. We are all very aware that we are not in, in our, in our bloodline. We are not Jewish. We don't claim that heritage, but, uh, but they, they consider Israel their, the land of their birth and their homeland. And, um, most of them are here at the moment. I have a couple who are abroad. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've, uh, this is our home. Israel is our home and Jerusalem is our hometown. So did you encourage them, the ones who went into the IDF, did you encourage them to go in to the defense force? So my approach or our approach was this. Uh, when when the time came for them to consider that in their last years in high school, uh, we said to them, look, you're, you're not Jewish and you're not an Israeli citizen at that point. Um, you have other citizenship and you can go and study and live somewhere else if you want to. You don't have to live here and stay here and serve in the military here. But... You've had 18 years of life because your peers, your Jewish peers, have served. And if you want to live in the country, then we believe that it is the right thing for you to do your service and protect others who are growing up and others in this land. And so they chose to stay and they chose to go in. Gosh, that's fantastic. 
And then, Stan, I listened to a, a talk you gave to in Australia, and actually in your bloodline you say that the only blood that you haven't got is Jewish blood, <laughs> that you've got uh, UK, Australia, New Zealand, um, USA. <laughs> so you've got a bloodline that goes to many, many places. But what you actually said also, you called out the UN for their so-called political journalism. They, they, oh no, not the, the the UN for their bias against Israel. Can you just explain that to me a little bit more? Well, the United Nations has very um, conveniently given me a perfect example right now of their bias. Uh, let's remember, uh, Sue, that as I don't need to tell you, the United Nations came into being not least because of the horror that the world sensed when they liberated the death camps, mm-hmm. Auschwitz and the other death camps, and the recognized recognition that a nation had almost been wiped out in the modern age was one of the shock factors that led to the birth of the United Nations. And yet that organization has become the chief motivator uh, in cahoots with the international media, the chief motivator of anti-Israel sentiment, anti-Semitic sentiment worldwide. Most glaringly shown right now, when after the October 7th massacre, which was so big in terms of numbers, in terms of barbarism and brutality, the most shocking thing I've ever experienced in my life and I, I think I've ever heard was done on camera deliberately in full view of the world, mm. shown to the world the most horrific things that it's very, very hard to talk about, that shockwave, which briefly gave the world reason to gasp so that they put the Star of David on the White House and Downing Street and the Eiffel Tower and Sydney Opera House. Within moments, it was gone. Within just hours, that shock was gone. The United Nations until this moment has not condemned Hamas for what it did, mm-hmm. not once. And they haven't called last it a Friday. terror organization either. Right. And last Friday they passed eight resolutions condemning Israel. Mm. The, lopsid- the lopsidedness is so apparent. I mean, it's, 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 if it wasn't so awful, it would be laughable that anybody considers the United Nations representative of a fair, just, peace-loving, peace-promoting organization. It is desperately, desperately lost its way if it ever had a way and it has become an enemy of the state of Israel the enemy of the Jewish people the United Nations channels anti-Semitism fuels it almost all the time and I don't need to tell you again condemning Israel time and time again every year far more than it condemns anyone else so what do you think their excessive obsession with Israel is actually about well what I've been struck uh, by in the years I've lived here is that the question of why are the Jewish people hated is the one question that nobody really seems to be able to answer outside the con- outside the context of faith and the belief in God mm-hmm. and evil. All right, so there's no there's no logical reason, but there is this hatred, this longest hatred, that always finds sniffs out Jews wherever they are and goes after them, whether they were scattered around the world. It found them in whatever form, whatever country, modern, uh, backward, uh, wealthy, uh, deprived, whatever. The Jews were at one point or another targeted, scapegoated, and, 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 and gone after for destruction. The United Nations is just a continuation of the international community's Jew hatred. Mm-hmm. It's just got a convenient forum in New York right now. 
And how tragic that the United States, this Judeo-Christian country, hosts this this dark mouthpiece of anti-Semitic viciousness that constantly, constantly pours its hatred out on Israel and singles Israel out in a way that no other nation is treated. It's it's so obviously, mm. in my terminology, satanic. It certainly is evil. It sounds really, when I think of the 7th of October, the evil that was unleashed into the world on that day, and as you say, so quickly forgotten. And now Israel is being lambasted for standing up again, for them to try and eradicate Hamas. And just yesterday I was listening to, I think it was Pierce Morgan, he's getting quite quite <laughs> happy about <laughs> sitting on his soapbox and really shouting at everybody, which I'm really pleased to see. But he was saying, don't, don't the nations of the world realize that it's starting once again with Israel because the Jews are the canaries in the mine. And as soon as the Jews are, are hurt, they'll go on to the next until all the infidels, so-called infidels, are wiped out of the world. Do you believe that that's what he says is true? Those were not his exact words, so I'm not quoting him. I remember when um, Israel gave Bethlehem to the Palestinian Authority on the first Christmas in 1995, when Christians come to the birthplace of Jesus Mm. and they see Manger Square, pictures of terrorists armed with AK-47s, and the arch-hater of Jews is welcomed to the church for the midnight mass on Christmas night, Mm. And Desmond Tutu visited, then Archbishop Desmond Tutu has passed away, visited, and he stood in Manger Square and he harangued Israel and supported the the Palestinian Arabs. Uh And as he did that, unbeknownst to him, the Arabs in the square were chanting, first we'll get the Saturday people, then we'll get the Sunday people. And he smiled idiotically at these people, thinking that they were saying something nice to him, Mm. not realizing that as a representative of the Sunday people, he and his followers would be next once Israel was dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's absolutely there. It's very central to Palestinian terrorist belief and to Islamic belief, actually. And when when you give talks about this, which I know you do, courageously you do, do you get attacked at all, verbally attacked by what you stand for, which is really peace? Um, well, okay, so as I said earlier, Sue, mostly I, my audiences are either Jewish or Christian. And well, to but the Jewish, both can attack you, let's face it. You're right, they can. <laughs> I, had, I had an encounter at uh, just outside the Prime Minister's residence in Jerusalem. There was a regular gathering every Friday of what women were called the women in black, I think they were called, and they were so-called, quote, against the occupation. And I walked up to a few of them on one such Friday and I tried to ask them what was motivating them and didn't they realize that they were supporting the creation of a terror entity that, that intended to annihilate Israel. They turned on me very viciously. They told me I had no business to say anything and basically they shooed me away. Mm. Um, I have, have encounters like that, but mostly even when I meet Jews who have uh, uh, quite a left-wing orientation, when they hear my heart, 
they don't respond negatively. Mm. Christians, on the other hand, have so much educating to, uh, education to, to go through because we have been brought up believing that the Jewish people or Israel as a nation no longer has real central significance. So we see you at best as, I'm talking about in general terms, we see you as, at best as a political established state that is very problematic in the world. And we have, of course, taken to, not we uh, as in me, but many of many Christians have embraced the absolute lie that Israel is an apartheid state. Mm-hmm. But African Christians should know better. Mm-hmm. And that's indoctrination from a very young age. And to change that mindset, I don't know how you even begin to change that mindset. When I see what's going on in the Middle East at the moment, and I see little children on their father's shoulders shouting, kill the Jews, uh, in, in their own language, um, it breaks my heart because those little children should be brought up as innocent, happy children looking at the world through different eyes. Yes, I think indoctrination, uh, Adolf Hitler had it right. He knew that if he could get the, the youth, the Hitler youth, if he could indoctrinate them as children, that, uh, that they would be raised to perpetuate his glorious Third Reich idea. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, at its heart, of course, was anti-Semitic. And yes, Israel's neighbors. In fact, Israel's closest neighbors, the Palestinian Arabs, who Israel has lent over, fallen over backwards to try and help prepare the way for them to get some kind of statehood, continue to raise their children, saturate their children with hatred for Israel and with the belief that Israel will be removed, mm. that Israel will be uh, taken away, that, Israel will, that, that, that Palestine will be free from the river to the sea. Uh, they just say it in more, even more um, unguarded language, if you like, but it's the same, same spirit and the same indoctrination. And for you, Stan, what is your belief in what's in right now living in this time in Israel where there is such unity, actually? Because when I think about it, a few months ago, the divisions in Israel was so, so upsetting. And now there's this unity. How are you feeling about that unity? What is it doing to your soul? Well, absolutely. First of all, it's been very, very painful. The, the last year since the elections last November, um, the country torn apart, Jews at each other's throats. Mm. Um, I know, I know Jews to be very feisty people. They like to argue. They like to debate. They like to go at each other. And everyone's very strong in their opinions. And mostly that works fine. It actually feeds the democratic um, foundation of the state, uh, the democratic uh, form of, of, of existence that Israel has. But it has moved over into something which, in Jewish terms, came very close to, and I would say even became uh, um, what they call baseless hatred. Mm. Now, I've, I, I don't—I have not grown up as a Jew, but what I've learned from the Jewish people, religious and secular alike, is that the destruction of Israel two thousand years ago, the, the the sacking of Jerusalem, and the burning down of the temple, and the end of Jewish national existence as it was then was brought about by this kind of hatred mm. and reading what Jews were doing to each other while the Romans were gathered around the walls of the city and then seeing what Jews were doing to each other here week after week and the 
the the violence that came out of the mouths of Jews towards their fellow Jews, mm. it, it was it was very very painful to watch and to listen to, and it's so exasperating because he wanted to take hold of every Jew that I could find and shake them and say, "What are you doing? You are surrounded by Romans today. They're Muslims, but you're surrounded by Romans. They want to wipe you out. What are you doing?" And it was brother against brother in many cases. You know, I had a guest uh, just a few weeks ago and she was saying that she didn't speak to her brother because of the divisions. Yes. Different opinions. So it's, 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 I'm, 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 I'm fearful to even say it, but look what it took to unite the country. October the 7th, why in the name of heaven did it have to take that? Something so awful. But yes, the nation is together. Now, there's still some troublemakers out there, especially in the media. Israel's mm-hmm. media, like the rest of the world's media, is mostly to the left. And they're out there. They're trying to, they're knifing and cutting away and trying to recreate division, even right now. But mm-hmm. that's the media. Those are journalists. And I, as a journalist, as a trained journalist, I had long ago lost respect for my colleagues. They are not, they are not fair handed. They're not even handed. They, they're, they promote an agenda. If the world today hates Israel, and we see that on the streets on Sea Point just a couple of days ago, mm. and and you know throughout the world, masses of people—London, Sydney, New York, everywhere—if the world today hates Israel, if anti-Semitism is so rife in the world, the responsibility for that lies fair and square in my in my conviction at the door of the media. Mm. The media has poisoned the world against the Jewish people, against Israel. And today Israel is the world's Jew. And the media has done what Goebbels did. Goebbels poisoned the minds of the Germans against the Jews of Germany. Long before Hitler was ready to wipe them out, Mm. Goebbels was poisoning their minds. And the world, CNN, BBC, name them. They all, almost without exception, they have created such a negativity about Israel by unfair reporting, by, by, by hiding truth and, 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 by reporting uh, lies as truth, they have created an environment. So they're still out there. Here, even in Israel, they're, they're still doing that. But 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 they're on the sidelines. The nation is united. Nearly more than half a million young men and women streamed to to put on their uniforms. Absolutely. Um, everything that's happening right now is uniting, is unifying the nation. And and you know, please God, it will stay united. I agree with you. Uh, what I see on on the streets of of Israel now, as much as there is fear as well because of the ro- the continuing rocket fire, but at the same time, I do see a respect for one another coming back again, a respect for one another's differences, and uh, and I think that is just incredibly important. But. You as a tour guide, you are a Christian tour guide, and by the sounds of it, when I look you up, you're a very popular tour guide. We're just going to ad break, and then you're going to tell me about being a tour guide. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. My guest today from Israel is Stan Goodenough. And you're about to listen to a very short YouTube by his daughter, Emma Goodenough, which Dr. Les Glassman sent to me yesterday. It's a great honor and a privilege to have Emma Goodenough, a very dear patient for many years. And Emma, you served in the IDF, in the, in the armed forces. Yes, between 2016 and uh, 2018. 
Um, I served on the Gaza border, on the southern um, end, so next to the border crossing at Kerem Shalom, um, for two years in surveillance. My job was to gather intelligence on the Hamas and jihadist Islam group um, building tunnels um, into Israel for the purpose of infiltration and eventually massacres like what happened in October 7th. I served with in a very small team of about 12 to 16 people. Uh, one of my good friends who served with me is from Bayri and his uh, 10 members of his family were captured by Hamas and kidnapped and his parents, both his parents were unfortunately found um, that they were murdered. Uh, and then I have another girl who went in with me, also from Mary, and her family, her sister, her mother are also um, kidnapped, and her father is still uh, described as missing. Um, so this is very close to home for me, because I uh, served there, I lived there, that was my home for two years, and for me it felt like um, the worst case scenario times a hundred happened there and it was very shocking and very traumatic and uh, yeah and my both my parents are not from here my dad is South African and my mom's Czech so both on the polar opposite of the support for Israel so South Africa unfortunately um, the government is very pro Hamas and then on the other side the Czech Republic they're very pro-Israel, and um, yeah, it's just an interesting time with um, uh, difficult emotions to get through on the daily day basis. So, yeah. Anyway, what message can you give to to the captives or to? I mean, the captives. I really fervently hope that they are returned uh, whole and safe and healthy. Uh, that is my prayer, for sure. Um, I think we should be focusing on that, for the most part, for the return of the captives, and also the eradication of Hamas as a terrorist organization, because they have expressed multiple times. They want to repeat what happened on the 7th of October, and I just uh, hope that we can stay strong through this time together as a nation against the pressures and the hate that's just so strong towards us today through all the propaganda and all the um, just misinformation that's going around. I hope that we can stick to the truth and that we can um, lead in love as opposed to hate and that we really bring our hostages home and that we come out from this war with uh, you know as whole as possible thank you so so much pleasure <laughs> this is Finding Human with Sue Jackson only on 101.9 High FM Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on High FM 101.9 
And my guest today is Stan Goodenough. And you can SMS us on 34519 or telegram us on 061-895-1019. A message did come through on my phone saying, Stan, thank you so much for being in Israel. So there you are. Stan, tell me what would your message be today? What's in your heart that you would like to say to Jewish people in the world, in Israel and around the diaspora? Thank you, Sue. Um, it's on the one hand, it's a, it's a difficult message to to share. Um, I've often wondered over the years, you know, what what would bring Jewish people who live in the comfort and prosperity of a hitherto philo-Semitic nation like Australia or the United States, you know, what would cause them to make Aliyah to come home? Uh, the history of the of the aliyot of the of the of immigration uh, to Israel from 1882 until the rebirth of the national homeland is that Jews were fleeing persecution. Mostly, most of those waves of immigrants were fleeing persecution, mm-hmm. and, and that is the, the the history of the of the years leading up to World War II, when messengers were going through Europe and pleading with Jews in Europe, please leave, please leave, please leave. There's danger coming. Now there's immense danger. I know it's awful to say it, but sitting here and and getting a temp- uh, taking the temperature of anti-Semitism in the world right now, I want to encourage every Jew everywhere: come home, mm-hmm. come home. Here's the irony: you sur- this nation is surrounded by enemies, both in its immediate circle in the Islamic Arab world, but also in the in in in, in the rest of the world, the, 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 the nations which we regularly can identify as enemies like Russia and China and South North Africa. Korea and South Africa, mm-hmm. yeah. But now also nations that were, as I say, hitherto considered to be allies of Israel. They're all aligning or allowing. Can you imagine that Bobby's on the streets of London, New York City cops, Australian police will stand by and allow mobs to run through the streets saying gas the Jews, death to Israel, death to the Jews, allow them to do that under the behest of freedom of speech. Mm. No, the world is ready. I'm sorry to say this. This is shocking. The world is ready for another Holocaust. Israel is a pain in the in, in, in the rear for the world. Israel is the main, this is their perception. Israel is the main problem here. Let's get rid of them. Let's get them out of the way. Do you know that a, a former member of the European Parliament Back in the, the, the last century, end of the last century, he said the biggest mistake the world made in the whole of the twenty of the twentieth century was to permit the creation of the Jewish state. Hmm. The world is ready to see Israel wiped out. It is, um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The same God who said that this incredible thing would happen that after a long, long period of time without a homeland. The Jews would come back to their land and bring the land back to life and prosper and outnumber what they once were. Also promised that when he brings them back, because he said he would do it, when he brings them back, he will protect them here. He will keep them here. In his words, as a shepherd keeps his sheep. That's his promise Mm -hmm. to the Jewish people. Come home, come and be safe under the wings of God. That's what Boaz said to Ruth. He said, you've come to take shelter under the wings of God in the the fields of Bethlehem when, when she followed Naomi. Christians I encourage Christians, encourage the Jewish people, tell them we're with you, come home, come home, be safe, be together, we'll stand with you. That's my message to Christians, but my message to Jews is don't despair, don't be fearful, do not be afraid. God is alive, Shomer Israel, 
But he who watches and keeps Israel doesn't sleep or slumber. He's, he's your God. And he's also my God. And I believe in him. So that's, that's, that's what's on my heart. That's to share a with beautiful you. message, really, Stan. It actually makes me tearful, that message, because I think as a diaspora Jew, um, and knowing many diaspora Jews here in South Africa, in Australia, in, in, um, England, there is, there is fear growing and anger. And we'll get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. My guest today is Stan Goodenough from Israel, and he has just given us a beautiful message uh, to all the Jews in the diaspora to come home to Israel. And to feel safe and to know that Israel will always be safe. Um, Stan, you know, on that note, I have to laugh at the cowboys who have arrived in, in Israel. It's such a lovely story. Um, these cowboys from Arizona and Texas, I don't know if they actually are farmers themselves, but I see they've gone to go and help in the farms because the farmers have been called up into the as reservists. Did you see that story? Oh yes, I certainly, I certainly <laughs> did. I first picked it up on my um, on my Telegram channel. Somebody sent it to me, and then that was when they were still in the airport in the United States on their way here with their big cowboy hats and their jeans, <laughs> and uh, just a handful of them. And they they caught the imagination of the Israeli media. Um, barely had they landed when they were being um, reported on and photographed. <laughs> And, and, and they, and you know what? They're, they are so in touch. This isn't some, this isn't some kind of romantic disconnect. They are really in touch. What they did just uh, two days ago, if I'm correct, was oh. they went and met, they went and met with the family of a young border police woman who a week ago yesterday was, was uh, stabbed to death outside the old city here in Jerusalem. Her name was Rose. She was from Atlanta, Georgia. You also and, went to that funeral, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and of funerals, there has, there's been no end. Um, but, but, but they went and, and they, you know, they, they, they shared their hearts with, as, as Christians, because they are Christians. They shared their hearts with this family, this bereaved family. Um. Yes, they're out there. They're out there with their hats on. I think they would carry their guns, their six guns, if they could. Because <laughs> um, the Israelis, they're not allowed to, but they're coming to defend, to, to protect, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they they've made waves. Just a handful of young men, they've made waves and good waves. It's wonderful, and and let's hope more people do so. You know, mm. Eli Bissell, I, I ended just before we went on to um, advert. I ended by saying anger. We're getting angry, but you know, Eli Bissell said that he often wondered after the Holocaust why people did not express more anger. And then he said he realized that when Israel came about, the creation of Israel, so much of that anger went into creation of the state, of making the desert bloom, of making sure that this, the, that land came to light. And I think that's what we need to understand, that we never are hopeless. Wherever we are, we can 
make a difference. Helen Keller said, Faith is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. Isn't that a lovely message? Uh, yes, it is. And, um, and of course, with, you know, it, it's kind of holy ground to walk out on the, the sentiments expressed by somebody like uh, Elie Wiesel, uh, where he came from and what mm. he experienced. And of course, as a non-Jew, never having experienced that kind of hatred at all, anything like, anything like the hatred that the Jews always face, um, I feel eminently unqualified to speak to it. But as a human being, um, you know, I, I see, I see out on the streets, I see the mobs, I see the masses and they're huge in their number. And then here and there, there's a small group. There was a, a small group of Christians that gathered or Christians and Jews that gathered, gathered in Brisbane, Australia last, uh, earlier last week. And, um, and they've been fairly large, uh, pro-Israel demonstrations on the streets of Paris in the last 48 yes. hours. Um, but, but overall, so here's the thing. The anger and the venom comes from those who hate Israel. The, the, the little stickers that a friend of mine went and took down off on, on the, on the wall at Sea Point yesterday, she took them off and, and tore them up. Um, they show the Star of David spattered with blood and a pig coming into, walking into the star. And that group of people with their little children on the, on, in Sea Point of all places were referring to the Jews as pigs. And, and, and they were so angry. There was a small group of Jews standing on the one side and, and the police had to protect them. This mob was out to lynch them. Mm. He uses this language. Anger doesn't have to be vicious, but anger is certainly, uh, needed, I think. Anger against the, 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 the wickedness, the evil, the, the, what, what's happened here and, and the bias and the prejudice. I think we should be very angry towards our journalists. I think we should express our views to our editors and to our, to our uh, internet website news reporters when they, when they constantly put out lies there. We should counter it with truth and we should not be afraid to be angry. Um, as a Christian, I believe that it's okay to be angry. Just do not let hatred into your heart. You can be angry without hatred. And we've got to end there. I would just like to end with a, a message by Elie Wiesel because this, this fits in with what you've just said. I swore never to be silent whenever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must always take sides. Neutra- neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. I'm being told to wrap up. Thank you, Stan. And if you would like to go on one of Stan's tours to Israel, please look him up on Google or Safari. Stan Goodenough. Thank you, Stan. I'll speak to you later.